following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Welcome back to the Intentional Foul. I'm Josh. He's Dan. We are back with a another edition. I've lost count since we passed 50. I don't know where we are. I'll figure it out and when we hit 100, great. Yeah. But until then, anything in between, it really doesn't matter, no, I guess. No. So thank you for subscribing, downloading, and listening. Hopefully you stick with us for the hour, hour plus, hour plus, minus, whatever, how long it's going to take for us to get through. You got a three-page. Uh, yeah, but, you know, I just kind of wrote some stuff down. We'll, go fairly quickly. We'll okay. see. We'll see. All right. So uh, we have a uh, – we had a request before I got here um, from our man Matt who we see at all the high school games, on what our thoughts are on the XFL. Yeah, I got the same one. Okay. Um, I kind of, I, I pretty much answered him. I don't have any because I haven't watched. Same. I didn't know how much you've watched. Nope. I, and like I said, the, the, the first time out, I watched a couple of minutes and none of the new rules that are, that are being implemented for this league had any effect on what I was watching, so I couldn't say, oh, that's cool, that's innovative, I like that, don't like that, so I, I have no basis for analysis, I guess, right well, now. Well, and this is the this is the problem that XFL is going to have to get past, and it's going to take a while. It's not going to happen in year one. Um, it's not football season. No, it's not. for You know, football's over for most people, and, like, you know, somebody like me, I get home from work at noon on a Saturday – and I flick the TV on, I'm watching hoops. Right. And then on Sunday now, I'm just not thinking football. Like the other last Sunday, I did happen to be flicking around and I saw that it was on. I didn't end up watching it because um, I ended up watching some of the all-star NBA all-star stuff. But yeah, they're they're in a tough spot to try to change people's routine, you know, post Super Bowl that like, you know, post Super Bowl, it's kind of like, okay, now it's college hoops. Right. And then when college hoops gets over, it's like, okay, now it's. MLB, NBA, mm-hmm. you know, so to to kind of sneak in yep. there, it's going to be tough. And by the time everything whittles away in the late summer or in the mid to late summer months, then you're just, you're itching for football. People aren't itching yet. Do do you have any idea how long the season is supposed to be? I, I mean, are, are they having like their version of a Super Bowl? I, do they have playoffs? I would have to assume, but I don't know the format yeah. or anything like that. But I saw, I saw a tweet today and I've, I've seen things for the last week about why how to get more viewership and why people aren't just thrusting themselves in uh, because it's just football and you should like it and yeah there are some some names that you could watch but the the main point centralized was what you said it's not football season mm-hmm. people have had football they don't necessarily crave it right now you wait a couple of weeks you wait a couple of months and then you roll it out maybe and then it ends right before training camp before you got to give them a little space yeah. where they miss it right and then they say oh there's football this will be great well people have routines i mean you ever try to get your grandma and grandpa to not eat dinner at 4 30 come on they just lose their their whole week is fucked up it's crazy. People just have routines, and, and XFL's not in the routine right. yet. I mean, I haven't heard anything bad. No. I mean, I did, I did see some of the clips of the some of the sideline reporting, which were pretty funny. Um, Diana Rossini was interviewing one some guy who gave his take on the airplane seat fiasco, mm-hmm. whether or not you can recline or not right. recline. And then I saw Matt McGloin's complete meltdown. Where they asked him going into halftime, what do they need to do? And he said they needed to change the entire game plan. And then he proceeded to come out and turn the ball over like three times. Like, right, yes. It's like, what the hell? Yeah, well. That was kind of weird, but. That's, apparently that's what we got. I guess. So we'll have to hold off on XFL thoughts. Um, I don't know whether we're ever going to have any, but we'll see. We'll see. 
I'm, I'm not going to make it a homework I, assignment. Yeah, I got to I gotta accidentally stumble across it and watch it. You know who we should ask, who we should have back on at some point, and we don't even need to talk Bears with him because he's the Bears guy. Lauren Cox has adopted the D.C. Defenders okay. as his team, and he watches and he tweets all weekend long. Oh, okay. He's a single dude. He doesn't have anything to do. I don't know if it's for he's, it's related to pro football focus or what he's going to do there, but he is constantly watching. All right. Because if I'm scrolling on Twitter and there's a game on, he's tweeting about it. So the person that I would know that would have the most XFL thoughts would be him. Okay. So huh? maybe we can Might schedule him that. in the next week yeah. or two. Um, we can start with the NFL because there, there were some things of note uh, this week, uh, including... I like how they say breaking news. Everything everything now, no matter how big or how minor, is breaking and because they just want people to pay attention breaking to it. Breaking news to me is like the president was shot. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yes. Like, like it, I don't it's great and I'm and it's not surprising, but it doesn't affect me at all that Drew Brees is coming back. Breaking news. Some soccer guy that ninety seven percent of Americans have never heard of broke his toe. Right. Yes. But you could see about it on Twitter. Cool. And then a lot of people are interested mm. about that. Um, but, yeah, so Breeze is coming back. Okay. Yeah, not not too earth-shattering. No, I but, mean, I mean, I coming thought, off that season, well, that's not a surprise. I thought all the talk of, you know, pushing him out or hoping that he leaves so they can, Taysom they Hill. can promote Taysom yes. Hill or re-sign Teddy Bridgewater. Yes. I, I mean, give me a break. I mean, give me a break. Yes. Did Bridgewater play well in his absence? Sure. Sure. Did Taysom Hill sometimes be the, the most valuable guy on the field at times for the Saints? Maybe. That doesn't mean you're going to put him as your next no. quarterback. No. 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 So I, I, the, in a small sample size, if you've got Alvin Kamara and you've got Michael Thomas, Thomas yep. um, and you've got Ted Ginn and a couple of those other guys, yeah, you're going to do pretty well in a short sample size. Yep. Um, but, yeah, turning the keys over to, nah. to a guy whose leg almost had to be amputated and another guy who basically, I heard uh, with Taysom Hill, I heard uh, on the radio the other day, he's kind of clamoring, making a case for himself that he thinks he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. He couldn't even make it through a full season in college without getting hurt. So I think sometimes guys need to understand they are who they are. Right. And the fact of the matter is you're fortunate that the Saints even get, took a chance to put you right as a non-quarterback to be kind of a Swiss Army knife because most teams would have just cut your ass. And he's good at it. Yeah. That's fine. But a most lot of, teams would have cut you. Right. But embrace what you got now because right now you're doing good stuff for the team. Yeah. I don't know why you'd want to do anything else. Money. I think yeah. that's probably why he probably makes nothing. Yeah, it's probably and it's like, true. you know, if I can if I can be a quarterback, yeah. I can get a couple million bucks. Um, you and I talked <laughs> about this the other day. This is just, I don't understand this. Two years, $60 million is the reported offer from the Las Vegas Raiders. So here's my question for Tom Brady. Is, is this a PR thing I think or is this a football thing? Both. Can it be both? Mm, you're moving into a new I, stadium. I, I guess you're mo You're moving homes. You want to make a splash. You want to get one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best one that's ever been? Is he better? But that's the thing, though. Is, like, I, is he better today no. than Derek Carr? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I doubt it, and if it is, it can't be by much. I'm not a I mean, big believer in Derek Carr. I don't know. I watched that Raider team a couple times last year, and, like, yeah, Josh Jacobs is a nice back. Well, what the hell else do they have? Nothing. I mean, is Tom Brady going to be the guy that puts you over the top at yeah, this but age? Look what teams do all the time. They just overpay for figureheads. They just want people to come in so they can plaster their picture up. And yeah, they'll they'll go out and they'll throw around some, you know, easy run-of-the-mill stats and that'll be it. And then when at the end, it'll be like, well, was that worth it? Well, not really because they didn't get a Super Bowl, but... I think it's more for marketing and PR, like you said. I mean, I'm said. sure they'll make money if they signed him. Oh, I mean, sure. you know, they'd sell jerseys and all that kind of crap. But I I got to thinking about it today, and I'm a little conflicted with it because it's, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, if you're Brady, or I, I guess not if you're Brady, as I'm looking at Brady, it's admirable that at his age... He still wants to play, sure. and he still physically can play, and there is demand for him. And and I understand that 
you know, once you're done, you're done. There's no going back. You know, when he retires or he gets hurt like Favre did or whatever, and you and you you're done. You're done forever. There's He's not no getting to back. training camp and right. getting the itch. But part of me looks at him and goes, "Man, get a life! Like, get a life, man! Like, you've made hundreds of millions of dollars. Your wife has made hundreds of millions of dollars. You've got kids now that are, you know, not babies, right?" Um, you live in LA, um, like you're almost 45 years old. Like, don't you have other things you want to do? Like, don't you want to go coach your, your kids teams? And I don't know. I just, I don't, it's like I said, I'm, I'm conflicted on it because I get it. Cause once you're done, you're done. I mean, I remember my last game and everybody that's ever played sports at any level remembers their last game. And you'd always like to have one more. So I get that part, but it's like, man, like there's nothing else. Like, what are, what are you trying to prove? Well, the, and, I don't know. And that would be my question. What do you have left to accomplish? Right. You, you, you're universally known as the greatest quarterback of all time by most people. Like you've to, got what? Six Super Bowls. To I me, mean, there's only one way to go. And that's down. And you don't want to be remembered as the guy who looks broken and can't do what he used to be able to and is a shell of your former self. There's like, only been one football player in our lives that ever went out, out on the top. great. Well, two, I guess. Jerome Bettis and John Elway. Yes. That's it. Yep. Yeah, that's and, right. Bettis right after that. It's like, I'm done. Yeah. And, yep. and, and unless, did the, yeah. unless he wins another Super Bowl, which I think at this point is highly unlikely. No. He's missed that window of having that gravy train out. So I don't know. I just I mean you can win you can keep winning your division. Yeah. Yeah. You can get to the playoffs. You ain't gonna win it if you go to the Raiders, though. Well he ain't that, beating the Chiefs. That's for sure. So I, I still think the team that he's gonna end up on if it's not the Patriots is the Chargers. Yeah. Um because I think they're he's, ready to win. And he's already out in California. Yeah, but they have a good roster. Yeah. You know, these other I mean the Raiders, I mean, I don't know. Like, do you really? If you're if you're if you're Brady, do you really want to go, go play, play for, for Gruden? Gruden? <laughs> I don't know. I just no. that that seems like you couldn't get more opposite right. than Belichick, right? Oh, for and sure. Maybe he wants that. I don't know, but maybe he thinks it'd be fun. Yeah, I don't know. What do you make of this Joe Burrow Bengal stuff going on? Where did this come up? How did it come to light? I don't. All of a sudden, I'm seeing it in the headlines, and I'm like, where are they pulling this from? Well, he's being trained by Jordan Palmer. Okay. Carson Palmer's younger brother, All right? And Carson Palmer famously quit the Bengals yes. because they're a joke, they're cheap, um, and it seems like he's Burroughs now is kind of being pushed by certain people away from the Bengals. Mm -hmm. Like maybe he should pull an Eli or an Elway. Okay. Um, I mean, you can do that ahead of time and say you guys better not draft me because it's not happening. Um, but he also, and I was watching PTI and, and a good point was made where he hasn't exactly said hometown guy, I want to go play for this team, right? Which you've heard other guys play, you know, say leading up to whatever draft or, or you know, sport that you're at. It's like, I would love to go play for the hometown team or whatever. He hasn't done that, but he hasn't said I'm not. So to me, this is a non-story. So far, in and, and, unless you land on one side until something comes out that says he's not or doesn't want to or he'd love to, I'm I'm not reading anything into this. In football, though, if you're a, if you're a team, what, because of the amount of control that you have over a player in their career mm -hmm. and how long you can keep them, do you really care if they want to be there or not? No. I wouldn't, right? I mean, I guess the guy, if you drafted him, he could hold out. But it's like, dude, you're 22. Are you really just going to not play football? I mean, maybe on Bell. Yeah, but, I mean, he had played for five years. Yeah. Like, are you, if you're a rookie like that, it's like, well. Don't you You're just going to not play get then. Labeled. Like, you're just not going to play then. I mean, yeah. we're not. We drafted you, so obviously we're not going to trade you. Because we drafted you, knowing that you didn't want to be here. But then, can you enter yourself back in the draft the following year if you? Don't I don't know. Play? I don't know the I, rules for that. I I was I thought that might be the case. But I think this team still holds your rights. I'm not sure how that works. I don't know how that works if you don't sign a contract. Yeah, I I, I don't know. But I again I until something happens definitively on either side, I don't know. Um, the Mason Rudolph Miles Garrett thing is just getting. 
it's getting more more dramatic. I thought we were done with it. He got reinstated. Then he says that Rudolph used a racial slur, and 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 Rudolph says no, that's absolutely not correct. I mean, he said she said dramatic bullshit on 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 both sides. Well, Mike Tomlin was on ESPN yesterday, uh, and was not happy with ESPN at all. Okay. Uh, because with, of the interview with, with the network, yeah, because of the interview they did with Garrett on Outside the Lines, where they basically presented Garrett's side and kind of sh- said shame, shame on Mason Rudolph, and Tomlin basically came on and he's like, "Wait a minute, I was on the field right when after that happened. Nobody said anything. I talk. I have friends in the Cleveland organization that I talked to about this. Nobody said anything." Miles Garrett came out after the fact, never said anything right away, and apologized profusely for embarrassing his team. And then all of a sudden, when he gets suspended, suspended then it comes Here's out. Here's why I did it. And he's like, you know, he's assassinating this guy, Rudolph's character. For sure. And, and this was the best point he made, he's jeopardizing this guy's future employment opportunities because, you know, Rudolph's not a good enough player where a team's going to take a risk, a PR risk of signing him. It's like, remember the guy on the Eagles, um, the wide receiver that went to the country concert and dropped a couple oh, M-bombs? Yes, yes. R- Riley something? Yes, I know. Yes. You know who I'm talking uh, yeah, about? Yeah, I, I, I don't remember the guy's me. name. and that's But he's out of the league. And mm-hmm. why is he out of the league? Well, he's not out of the league because he dropped the N-bombs. He's out of the league because he wasn't good enough to overcome the N-bombs, right? So with Rudolph, it's like, if you're going to say that he said this, you better have a lot of corroboration and proof. And I, I was listening to Dan Patrick today, and he said, if I were Rudolph, I would sue Miles Garrett if I really didn't say this. Mm-hmm. Because you, this is defamation of character. There, there's, there, there's no way about Riley Cooper. That's right. I don't know. I, I It's it's interesting. Um Obviously, it's one of the rare off-the-field things that doesn't involve an arrest in right. the NFL, so it's, it's I guess, worth talking about. But nothing will probably come of it no, either and way. And It'll just kind of dissolve into the ether, but um, it's, it's a hot topic right now. Greg Olson just signed within the last hour as we record this. Boy, he, when I heard he signed, I thought, they said, Greg Olson signed a one-year deal, and I and thought, son of a bitch. Or Bears. Packers, I yeah. thought. I thought. Because I think the guy's still got a little left if yeah. he, as long as he doesn't get hit in the head because the guy's had a million concussions. But, um, yeah, man, I mean. Makes sense. It does make sense. To me that he's going to Seattle. It's a, I mean, it's a nice pickup for them. Yeah, I, I mean, I after the whole aging tight end fiasco that the Packers have dealt with for the last two years, I'm fine not picking up a veteran for a while. Um, I don't know whether he's got stuff left in the tank. You say that he does. You know, I don't know whether he does or not. You know what I like the best about him? He's a pro. Right. Doesn't run his mouth, doesn't cause problems, shows up, does his job, produces. Yep, yep. And the times that I've heard him on TV, he's he's a smart, well-spoken guy. Seems like he's well-respected in locker rooms he's been in. So that should be a good fit with the Seahawks. All right. Um, Enough football. Should we, yes, should we truck along to some college hoops? Badgers are going to hear tip off in about 18 minutes or so by the time. uh, Oh, are they on at 6 tonight? Yes, they are. Oh, wow. So it's a Dan Dockage game, so that's must-listen to for me because <laughs> nobody likes to poke and prod Badger fans like Dan Dockage. He does a good job, and he is he has uh, built a, a nice anti-Twitter following uh, about that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, they beat Nebraska over the weekend. They've got Purdue. they got a couple of home games. First time they played back-to-back at home in quite a while. So they got Purdue, and then they got Rutgers coming up on Sunday. Um, last time they, they lost to Purdue by 19, they got Pounded on the boards, and I saw the stat today. Greg Gard is one in six against the Boilermakers. Okay, that's well, not a good 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 record. No. And, and and the only win was at the Kohl Center in February of 2018. Sure. Um. So yeah, and then they lost at Rutgers last time as well. So these are a couple of bounce back games that they need. Um. And and they have a good record at home. So I don't know. We'll see. I will be very surprised if they lose tonight. I think that that first Purdue game was an aberration. Uh, that was the Kobe King meltdown game um, where kind of the, the shit just hit the fan that night and, and they were a mess and they got destroyed. Like I think it was like 42 to 16. They got out-rebounded, which is just, I mean, that's insane to get out-rebounded by that much in a college game. 
Um, so I, I think the Badgers will will win tonight. Uh, Purdue's like 14 and 10, 14 and 11, Badgers 15 and 10. They're These are pretty even teams. I won't be surprised at all if they split. Um, Rutgers, uh, that loss earlier in the year when they had it, it was back in December. I think it was pre- um, Micah Potter. Micah Potter eligibility. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how much you can really take from that game being it was so long ago. At the time, it was a bad loss. Oh, for sure. Now it looks like a, a decent loss. Considering where Rutgers is in, in, in the conference. Yeah, they're still ahead of the Badgers by a game or two. So that, that'll be an interesting one uh, this weekend. I think that one's on Sunday. Sunday. But, yeah, Bucky's 11-1 and one at home. They're 4-9 and nine on the road. I mean, that pretty much tells you uh, the tale of the teams. I mean, in one of those four wins was uh, Saturday against Nebraska. And they when did da- shoot well. When Davison shot out of his mind and hit mm-hmm. eight threes. So, um, well, yeah, because Pritzel made a bunch the game before and he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn against Nebraska. But Davison, like you said, knocked in yeah. a tying record eight threes. Right. So, <clears throat> I expect I expect nothing less than a, a win tonight from Bucky this weekend against Rutgers. Who knows? You know, who knows? But uh, right now, Lenardi's got him sitting in an eight seed, um, which I I don't know, a, a little high for me. What I would think, I would have thought 10. That's kind of what, where I'm at. But, you know, the problem is there's so many of these teams that we haven't seen um, that will inevitably will get knocked down as, as we finish the season. Right, we go through conference, conference tournaments, tournaments and yeah. stuff. Um, and then you always got to be wary of the the Vermont that's winning their conference going away, and then right. they get into the championship game and lose to the fifth place team. You know that always throws the the seedings in out of whack a little bit too. So, well, I'm I'm curious to see what you have to say about the mid majors um, that are three of them are in the top five right now. I I was looking at some of the Big Ten games tonight. Penn State's ninth. Penn State has one home loss and it's to the Badgers. I saw that. I went ninth. Yeah, and then Maryland is is back up to seven. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's that's not far. Maryland fetched, but. to me, Maryland is a that is a legit Final Four contender. Um, Michigan State, if they get their act together, they've got the talent. I don't think anybody else in the Big Ten is is that caliber. I think Penn State's a little bit of an overachieving team this For year, sure. um, but we'll see. We'll okay. see what happens, but. You know, we've got three weeks left. I mm-hmm. think uh, the seventh is the end of the regular season for both the Badgers and Marquette okay. with their conference tournaments right after that. So we're we're getting down to the end. Speaking of Marquette, they play tonight. Uh, they've got Creighton. That's number 19 against number 15, mm-hmm. I think, two of the bigger scoring teams in the Big East. Tough loss uh, last time out against Villanova uh, just by one point. And then they go on the road to, uh, to Providence. Last time against the Blue Jays, they lost by... Um, 17, and then Providence, a heartbreaker at home in OT by one point. Yeah, the, the Villanova game, I had told you I expected them to lose that game. Um, they had they had their chances down the stretch. Marcus Howard, who's like a 90-plus career free-throw shooter, he missed three down the stretch. Um, you know, and then he hit a three at the buzzer to make it a one-point game and to break the Big East scoring record which was kind of disappointing that he made the shot actually because <laughs> it would have been much cooler if he made it if it was his first basket tonight at home in right. a game that wasn't yeah. decided already but um but yeah Creighton's good man they they shoot a ton of threes the first time they played Marquette I believe it was like either New Year's Eve or New Year's Day and they shot out of their minds at home um well coached um so I expect that to be a tough one tonight and uh the Providence game yeah, that was another one. They've Marquette's blown about three games this year. That you know, if they win those three, all of a sudden you're twenty and four instead of seventeen and seven. You're 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 knocking on the door of the top ten. So, um, Howard's starting to get a little bit more Player of the Year buzz. I don't think he's National Player of the Year myself. Um, I'm not sure he's even going to be Big East Player of the Year. I think that's going to go to Miles Powell on Seton Hall. But um, I do think that Howard will probably be a first-team All-American. But, um, you know, you got guys like uh, Garza at Iowa is averaging like 24 and 12. Um, you got a kid at Dayton who's averaging 20. Miles Powell is going to be in the conversation. So be very hard for, for Howard, I think, to be player of the year um, because he really only scores. He doesn't really do much else. Um, but we'll see. 
And uh, Lenardi has uh, Marquette as a five this week in bracketology, which I I don't think they'll end up that high. I think they're probably going to end up as a six. Okay. Just I, I looked at their schedule down the stretch. They still got to play Seton Hall. Um, three of their last five are on the road. And then the Big East tournament, for whatever reason, Marquette has never played very well in that. Um, they're usually, they usually win one, lose one. That's it. Um, I don't think they've ever made the conference championship game in the 10 or so years they've been in the league. So, um, but yeah, I was, I was watching, uh, I think it was last night, North Carolina and, and Notre Dame played and yes. North Carolina is just, they are having the year from hell. They are. They've had guys get hurt. They've blown games. They, they lost on a horrible call at home to Duke, I don't know, a week or so ago. So I just happened to catch the end of the game. And North Carolina was up double digits for a good portion of the second half. They blow the lead. They're up two with about 15 seconds left. Notre Dame has the ball. They come down. They throw up a garbage shot, miss it. What happens? Offensive rebound for Notre Dame. Kick out for three. Oh. Buries a three with two seconds left. Notre Dame goes up by one and wins the game. Oh and, you know, North Carolina, they have a half-court shot at the buzzer, and they missed it. And, and like, the body language of the kids on North Carolina, you could tell that they were in shock. And it was it kind of got me thinking, like, you look at some of these kids, like, uh, like Greg Anthony's kid, Cole Anthony's their star player. He was a top recruit this year, and it was like, I think North Carolina is like ten and fifteen right now, something like that. They've only won three games in conference. I bet you those a lot of those kids on on that team didn't lose fifteen games in four years of high school. I, I on PTI I watched just before I came over here. Uh, Kornheiser brought up a pretty good point. They haven't had, they've had one losing season in fifty years. Yeah, fifty. Yeah, that's amazing. They've and, lost five of their last eight games by three points or less. They said yesterday. So I mean. You're you're not necessarily getting your ass kicked. Right. This is almost worse to me. Right. When you when you're just constantly and this happened to us a little bit when we were freshmen at Whitewater. Uh, we started four freshmen. We came into a league that was full of seniors. It's the best league in the country, and we just kept coming up short, coming up short, coming up short. I mean, I remember uh, we were playing Platteville at at home, and Platteville was number one in the nation at the time. And uh, they beat our ass over there the first time we played. And this was later in the year. And we had them. We had them at the end of the game with a couple minutes left. I had a really stupid turnover late. Um, we missed some free throws down the stretch. And we lose the game. And it was kind of like it was like the fourth or fifth of those kind of losses. And it was just like you went into the locker room and it was just a lot of slump shoulders, you know. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, we can't get out of this rut, and you've got a bunch of guys, and like me and Aubrey and Ernest Williams and some guys, like, we lost 14 games, I think, my freshman year. I lost nine in high school. Right. Total. So it was like, it was New it's experience. a shell shock. Yeah. And for these guys, even at a higher level, it's like, if you're going to North Carolina, you probably were either the best team in the state or one of the best teams in the state your whole time. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, these these guys, I, f I felt for them a little bit last night because you know that the the Michael Jordans, the Worthies, the Vince Carters, they're looking at you going, "What the hell is this?" Because yeah. we we kind of know, we kind of right. see that even at the high school level now with That's, some of this is like, is "What is sure. happening?" Yeah, but I guess, I, and you can't read too much into it just because of the for sure the history. Yep, you can't put any pressure on Roy because I mean, look. Look at his track record. For sure, 100% I mean, agree. You, 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 you get all kinds of rope. You give him as much rope as he needs because, yeah, I mean. But those kids that are that are in know, it, it's just like, I know, oh. it's probably maddening. But, I mean, you need to step back and look at look at stuff in context. For sure. And and, and just look at, at history. And like I said. Things will be fine. When, you, when you're losing by three or less, it's not like you're getting run out of the gym. Right. It's a couple plays. That you're you're not you're not finishing off. And Kornheiser said the same thing. Every major program has had a rut. Kansas has had a rut. Duke's had a mm -hmm. rut. I mean, yep. name name some. Michigan State's had a rut. Yep. That happens. North Carolina has been one of the exceptions generally. For the most part, yeah. So they had a little the post 
uh, Dean Smith era when they had like Matt Doherty was their coach. They had a couple of down years, but that name he, was but up. he recruited all the guys that Roy Williams won with immediately. <laughs> so it wasn't like they were that bad. All right, looking at uh, a little bit of the top twenty-five. I mean. Right up at the top is Baylor. I haven't seen Baylor play, but They're I mean, you, you had mentioned either on last week or the week before, like, Baylor's number one? What's mm-hmm. going on? But you've since yeah, I watched, watched them a little bit. I watched them. Uh, they are extremely good defensively. Um, They're big. They're long. They're athletic. They get after it. Um, They're legit. I'm, I'm not sure they're the best team in the country, but they're very good. I mean, they're... They're going to get a one seed, I think, and they're going to earn it, and they're going to deserve it. All right. Um, Speaking of one seeds, you got three mid-majors in the top five. I saw Dayton Dayton is five. Mm -hmm. Um, San Diego State is up to three. Mm -hmm. And then is Gonzaga? Gonzaga's two. Two. Yeah. Yeah. So where, I mean, how much validity, I guess, do you give these teams? Well, the Zags are legit. They're when, good. Well, I, right. They're be, good. Just because of pedigree. Yep. yep. Um, but, I mean, everybody else, was it last year? San Diego State has kind of been in the top half for a while, um, if memory serves, and I don't pay that much attention. Dayton has had some years. I mean, that's not a foreign no. team that, that has been very good as well. They made a run a couple years ago, and their coach was Archie Miller, and he right. parlayed that into the Indiana, Indiana job. So, But, I mean, when you get to, I mean, are these teams that should run away with their conference tournament since they're clobbering everybody already in the regular season? How high do you give them a seed? Do you bank on them at all to do anything against, you know, Power 5 conference? I mean, how do you interpret that? I I'll guess? be surprised if San Diego State is not undefeated going into the tournament. Their league's not. I think it's the, I don't know, I think it's the WAC maybe? Okay. WAC or Mountain West, one of the two, right. but it's not strong. I watched them a little bit the other night um, after one of our games. They were on late, and um, they got a couple of grad transfers, and they got a kid from Vanderbilt that transferred in um, that's that's very good. So they've got some upper, they've got some older upperclassmen which always helps. So I think they're they're a pretty legit program. Dayton's got one of the best players in the country, um, and they're riding they're riding him and they're riding high right now. They're in a little better league in the Atlantic Ten, um, so I I think Dayton will probably get a two seed. Okay. I think they'll you know if if Duke wins the ACC tournament they're going to vault. If Kansas wins the Big Twelve over if the, if Kansas plays Baylor in the Big Twelve championship game and beats Baylor they're going to vault them. So. Um, I haven't seen much of Dayton. I think I saw them once or twice earlier in the year. Um, but yeah, they're they're a good, solid program. All three of these teams, they're typically in the tournament. They've put guys in the pros. Um, they're well coached. So yeah, I think this is one of those weird years where some of the power teams, like in North Carolina, are a little down, and it allows some of these smaller schools to kind of sneak in. Which, on the surface, is cool. You know, and everybody, it's funny, everybody likes the Cinderella in the tournament until you get to the second weekend. And then you get a Loyola-Butler game, and you're like, eh. I think they would like it better if the mid-majors played a blue blood or something yeah, like that. And like, yeah. So, like, let's see what you got. But if it's two of these teams, you're like, right. I don't care who Like, wins. I think uh, there was a... There was a Final Four, I think it was 2011. It was like Butler-VCU, like a... UConn, the year they had Kemba Walker, and they were like a 10 seed and somebody else. And it was one of the worst Final Fours to watch ever because there was like the only studs in it were on UConn. And they were the 10 seed. And they were the 10 seed. Because, I mean, they had Kemba Walker, who was very good, but the rest of the team was kind of like, eh. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. Um, did you see this stuff with the new transfer rules? Yeah, and I talked a little bit about it on, on the uh, – the, the country station today, which somebody had one of the, I think the host had asked, you know, well, what, what's up with this? And I was like, well, I mean, it's allowed for all of college sports except for five where you get to transfer. You can't do it in football. You can't Tran- transfer and not sit. Correct. Yes. Immediate eligibility. Right. Football, men's and women's hoops, men's hockey and baseball. Those are the five that you can't transfer and get immediately eligible. The five sports that they make money on. Correct. Right. So that's, in. I mean, 
that's not surprising, but at the same time, I, I, I guess I really haven't sat back and thought about it, but I really don't think the rules should be different for every, you know, for for different sports. I mean, you're going to have one f- for that, not for another. Um, I don't know, but I also don't like, the more I've thought about it, the more I don't like, well, now that now that I'm playing this over in my head, do you have any thoughts while I'm gathering mine? Well, because I don't what, know which I, way I'm going. What with I this. don't like about uh, if if they change it, where let's just use, one time let, tra- let's just use basketball. The proposal is one time transfer. Right. The the Big Ten proposed it. The ACC now says they're backing it. Mm-hmm. What I what what my concern is is like, um, and we'll, let's use men's basketball as an example. Um, let's say that next year. Brad Davison or nah, he's let's use Reavers because he's a better player. Let's say Reavers decides at the end of the year, boy, Michigan State's going to be really good next year. I'm going to go there. I think they can make the Final Four. Um, I don't like that because now it basically becomes free agency, Correct. and I don't like that. There has to be some kind of stipulation on – I'm I'm okay if you want to transfer. I don't I don't care if you sit out a year or not. That's not a big deal to me. But I don't think you should be able to transfer in conference. That would be my stipulation. You can't go from Wisconsin to Minnesota and play right away. I think you should have to sit for that. If you go from Wisconsin to Cal, I don't care. But I I think that there has to be some kind of stipulation because otherwise otherwise coaches are going to be recruiting you while you're at school somewhere else. Which I just don't, I don't know how that's a good thing. I mean, they talked about, you know, they want to do what's right for the student. They got to stop using that, that lingo. These guys are not students. They're athletes that happen to go to your school. Because most of these guys that are playing in the power six, be it football or basketball, they're there with one goal in mind, and that is to become a professional athlete. If they don't, they got a nice fallback plan. But stop selling me this we're student shit because you're not. I'm undecided because I think, and I'm just looking at this for football, and it, it'll probably apply to basketball. Who does a majority of the recruiting when it comes down to the nitty-gritty? Kids want to go play for a head coach. They have an idea before they meet anybody that school looks awesome, home state or that looks like a great place to go. They're a good team. I want to check them out. But then you build relationships with coaches. You get your recruiting class. Boom. Coach leaves to go somewhere else. Well, now I've built this relationship, and I don't know who this guy is that they're bringing in. I don't want to stay here. I, yes, I agree. Well, who did you commit to? Did you commit to the coach, or did you commit to the school? So that's... I'm on the fence on that because my, my my head says, you made a commitment to go to that university and represent them. Yeah, the coach said you should come here, but the coach also said you should play for me. Yeah. And now the coach isn't there. So maybe, maybe a, a stipulation in there also is that you are free to follow the coach once. Yeah, yeah. If you get signed and the coach bolts before the season starts or even after the first year, you can transfer and go with him. Yeah, I like that. That's if, fine. If if you're if he you know if he was your guy and vice versa, stick together. That's fine. I don't have. I, I just don't like it from a school perspective because I just think it's disrespectful. Um, but at the same time, if that's the way the system is set up, I understand the relationship that is built for recruiting purposes. Sure. I mean, these guys come into your house. Yep. They tell you all the things you want to hear. With your family, yes. they break bread with you, right? All that stuff. So there, yeah. there, there is a process and there is a relationship. So I don't think it should be thrown out necessarily, but I also don't think there should be a wild, wild west where you could just pick up and leave. Yeah, because my concern is like, let's say Graham Mertz, let's say his final two schools were Wisconsin and LSU, right? Joe Burrow leaves. LSU has a quarterback opening. And you know, What's to keep yes. LSU from coming up to Madison and telling Graham Mertz, hey, what do you want to sit and split time with Jack Cohn for? Come play for us right now. Yeah, you could probably start. You can start for us right now. 
That's I that I don't like. Right. Because then it does. It then it's free agency. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that's bad for college. All right. We gotta get motoring because I only got about fifteen or twenty minutes left. Right. Let's jump to the NBA All Star. Yeah, we weekend. can buzz through this pretty quick. I mean, I, I actually watched a couple of minutes of the game. I didn't watch the end. Um You mean you didn't have an HBO show on to get to or something? Yeah, I did, but that was not until later. <laughs> um but but we can start with the Bucks. Um, I guess they're still first. They're yep. on. The, they're on the break. They they get back at it with uh, the Pistons on Thursday. Um, that that loss to the Pacers, I thought. I, I listened to some of that game while I was out and about. wasn't very good. No, from it, from, from from what I gathered, it was kind of one of those. Uh, we're on the road. It's the last game for the All Star break. We don't have our best guy, and we're up ten games on everybody in our conference. And I think they kind of mailed it in. Okay, it's the one game this year that I think they mailed it in. They got down big. They came back and made a game of it late, uh, but they were just too far behind. And, and Indiana's pretty good, so I, you know, that happens. That's why it's so goddamn hard to win seventy games right. in this league. Got to stay because focused you do for that long for sure. Yeah. You can't have those and. Um, with Giannis missing two games and and George Hill, they were rusting him until after the playoffs. So I, you know, that happens. Okay, that happens. Um, they got Philly again coming up this weekend, didn't they? Just trounce them like two weeks ago. Yep, and that's a prime L- time. Less than that. That's a prime time okay. Saturday night game. All right, so that'll be a fun one. Um, and then you move to the All Star weekend. Uh, we talked about that. Connaughton uh, brought in Yelich, mm-hmm. and there was some speculation about whether that would or would not happen, but it but it did happen. What jersey was Yelich wearing? Jabbar. Yeah, I yeah. thought, I, thought I, I just saw a highlight of that. I, yeah. thought, I thought that was neat. Um, and then controversy to end the game. I've heard the judges. Judges got booed there yeah. at the United Center. I didn't see it. What happened? Well, it, it, it just gets to the point in these uh, dunk contests where everybody starts. Get, everybody's giving out 50s. So like they don't use fractions or or, no, or, or, it's, or decimals. It's, it's just ten, nine, eight, seven, whatever. So well, you stop doing, they kept yeah. giving everybody fifty. I I heard a lot of people say that Connaughton got robbed. He should have been in the finals, jumping over Yelich, and then I think he did something with Giannis where he kind of jumped over him too. Like this is like a six foot three white dude doing this stuff. I mean Aaron Gordon and that Derek Jones. These guys are like six nine. Um, but yeah, there was a little controversy. Aaron Gordon whined a little bit cause he didn't win. Um, I, I mean, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> it's a, it's a competition for kids. Uh, you know, if you, if you, if I've said it for years, if the NBA and the players wanted to make it a big deal, you'd have the stars in it. And you know, Aaron Gordon was the best player in it and he's a, not even an all-star. So whatever. <laughs> um, I didn't stick around to the ending. I didn't even pay attention to the to to the controversy. All I know is was there a charge called and there was free throws or, or am I am, am, or did I hear that differently? Uh, no, there was a couple of charges taken okay. in the fourth quarter, okay. which is uh, always surprising in a in a All Star. I heard game. the fourth quarter was very competitive. Yes, for, for All Star games, very. Um, they did this thing called the Elam ending, which they've done in in the basketball tournament that is run in the summer. Um, basically, it was created by some guy, um, I, I don't know, at a college in like Ohio or something, where basically at the end of these basketball games, sometimes they can get drawn out with fouls and all that kind of crap. So to kind of eliminate that, there's a um, when you enter the fourth quarter, there's a set number that you have to reach. So if it's like if the score is 90 to 80, uh, you have to get like 30 points above the winning, the leading team score going into the fourth quarter. So 120 would be the mark. So the first team to 120 wins the game. The clock does not matter. So I I, I liked it for the all-star game, um, which is an exhibition. And it in the it needed that it needed some juice mm-hmm. to kind of put some stakes on the line, and it was cool that um, both teams were playing for kid charities. The NBA was really smart in having the kids sit low. Yeah, I, see, I saw the I saw so the groups they, of kids. They were yep. into it, yep. and they were cheering, and you could tell. I think that brought a little something out with the players. Obviously, you had the Kobe stuff. Guys wanted to play a little harder in the memory of Kobe. Um, I liked it. Uh, I enjoyed the ending. I would be 
furious if it ever entered into a real NBA or college game. I just don't think that uh, professional sports should be using gimmicks in their game. Um, I, I like it for what it is for the All-Star game, but beyond that, I, I'm I'm against it. I think that um, it, there's just too many problems that are presented if you start changing it. The game ended on a free throw, mm-hmm. which was what some people complained about, but I don't, you know, the, if you don't allow it to end on a free throw, then I'm just going to tackle you. <laughs> Right, like right. if it's if 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 you got to get to a hundred and it's ninety eight to ninety eight and you got to break away going to the basket, I'm just going to take you not, out. Not letting you make because it. there's no right. free throws and you just get the ball side out, yeah. so you can't do that either. So um, there's still some flaws with the Elam ending. It is interesting. It's it's kind of fun. It it's kind of like pickup ball as a kid, where like you play to fifteen. Um, so I get why people enjoy it, but yeah, leave it where it is, kind okay. of in the exhibition area. What uh, what was the criticism of Giannis? I mean, I I saw he had a couple of blocks. Well, but what was what was the problem? Let's see, there? I heard Cowherd, Whitlock, Rick Buecher, and Bill Simmons all say that he was exposed because he didn't score in the fourth quarter, and it proved that when he plays good defense and good players, that he can't score. How do you take anything away from an exhibition and, that's and, what I and apply it to a reigning MVP? On a team that is currently in first place in the league because, with the top record. Because the media, the mainstream basketball media, does not like Milwaukee. And they want him anywhere but Milwaukee. And by anywhere, I mean L.A. or New York. This is just the beginning, and I was thinking about it today. Um, if the Bucks don't win the title this year, which I think is going to be very difficult to do, and if Giannis doesn't sign his extension this summer, which he really has no incentive to do, next year as a Buck fan is going to be awful. Because that's all you're going to hear It's going to be about. no fun because that's all you're going to hear about. And every time you turn on ESPN or NBA TV, you're going to have the, the Rachel Nichols, the Stephen A. Smiths, the Max Kellermans, the Whitlocks, the Cowherds that are going to be trying to shove him to the coast because that's where they want to go, and those are the teams they want to talk about. Um, Which leads into the next thing. Giannis was in an interview over All-Star Weekend and was asked a question about playing with his brother Thanasis and how cool it would be for all the brothers to play together. And he made the comment of, yeah, it would be awesome. You know, it would be awesome if we could do it, play all together in Milwaukee or L.A. or whatever. And he said it just like that. And then they just moved on. And everybody, oh, he's going to L.A. Oh, look, his brother in L.A., Costas, and his brother on the Bucks, Thanasis, these guys are barely in the league. NBA players. Barely. The only reason Thanasis is on the active Buck roster is because of, of his, his last name. If, he was, if his last name was Jones, he would not be on the Bucks. He'd be in Oshkosh. Playing for the herd, which is where he should be, and the same thing with Giannis's brother. He's like the fifteenth guy on the roster, and probably should be playing in the G League. Do you think LA is hanging on to him on the roster as some a, sort of a bargaining chip? I think it's a carrot. Okay, sure. They couldn't afford him outright with LeBron and Anthony Davis, so there would have to be some maneuvering there. But um, yeah, unfortunately for us, we just got to get used to this. Is what the until he, unless they win the title or until he signs his deal, this is. This is what we're going to hear. It's going to be criticism of him and trying to push him out the door to the bigger market teams because, frankly, those people would rather go to the finals in Miami, in L.A., in San Francisco. This is the stuff because that I don't deal with. that's what the media wants to do. It's just the way it is. All right. So you got about 30 games left. Um, behind them pretty much is... Is up for grabs. Yeah, two for six. There's only eight games separating those five oh, teams. So a lot of, there's going to be a lot of jockey yep. in here. And it'll be interesting down the stretch to see if some teams um, try to do some things to get favorable matchups. Okay. You know, uh, maybe sit a Jimmy Butler because or they, an Embiid. They can or, afford a loss or two to right. move down. Maybe or, you okay. would rather play Indiana in the first round as opposed to Philly or, you know what I'm saying? So. Yep. 
Um, won't be surprised to see that. The West is kind of wide open. I mean, the Lakers have been the had the best record all year in the West, but I think there's five teams there that that have a chance to make a run. There's not a lot of separation, so um, that's going to be uh, interesting to see. And you have the new VP of the uh, Union is a Earth is flat guy. He's a flat earther. <laughs> And his teammates love him, and he gets along with everybody so well, and he's never a sourpuss. Kyrie Irving, the new union rep for the NBA. Congratulations, guys. How does that happen? Is it is it like student council where if nobody right. if nobody else runs, you just get it? And then you go unopposed and like, okay, that's great. You're, you're in the position. And then all of a sudden, old man Skinner comes in, and he's your best friend. Well, good pull. Yeah. I like that. All right, so that is uh, that is the NBA. Let's move to Major League Baseball, where spring training is in full effect. Pitchers, catchers are in, position players are in, and the Astros stuff, as you have put it uh, aptly, is getting weird because listening to their comments, that's <laughs> an organization like you. You expect some big, horrible, awful you know, heartfelt statement that will rip your heart out, and that didn't happen. There's been no contrition. No, none. I mean, that happened, and the backdrop to everybody that talked, and everybody just kind of went, what did they say? What are you talking about? Well, the best part about the owner statement is he was asked a question about the effect on the game, and he answered it by saying, I don't think it had an impact on the game. Right. And then he was asked another question a couple minutes later, and they said, well, what do you mean by it didn't have any impact on the game? And he said, well, I didn't say that. You just said it. (laughs) You you guys are so worried about playing defense, you can't even keep up with your own lies at this point. That's how bad it's gotten for Houston. Um, You had uh, Correa came out the other day defending Altuve and kind of doubled down on the fact that nobody did anything. Right. It's like, but yeah, you yeah, did. You did. You've already kind of admitted that right. it happened. And people have exposed you and people have said, yes, you've lost your manager. You've lost your GM. You've gotten fined. You've lost draft picks. So if nothing happened, why did all that take place? I don't understand how that, that method of thinking is still in play to some of these players. So I saw today that there is a Houston Astros season ticket holder that is suing the team for basically fraud, to put it base to put it simply. Um, I think it was something like, you know, they were putting out a deficient product, and basically he's saying, "Look, you won the World Series in 2017." Because you cheated. And in 2018 and 2019, you you jacked your ticket prices on me. I want my money back. Now, I don't think he'll have a leg to stand on. No, but but the publicity of that is very, very bad for the Astros. And I think the the logical course of action on that makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, you are swindling me out of my money because you were deceitful. Well, and what this tells me is I think they're going to have a lot more difficult time they being the the players on the Astros than they think. I I think that they think they're going to get it 81 times when they go on the road. I think they're going to get it at home for a while, too. Really? Okay. Well, based on this, it, it appears that you've got some pissed off home fans. home fans. That's right. And look, when Braun did what Braun did, that following year when he came out and got introduced at opening day, he got booed by... A third of the people there. So just because you wear the jersey doesn't make you immune from local criticism. I mean, they're not the Packers. Right. You know. Um, but Rob Manford is a clown. I He's a clown. He has proven with this that Bud Selig made a mistake in naming this guy his successor. This guy is a lawyer. He's not a baseball man. Um, and right now they need a baseball man, yeah, not do. a lawyer. Yep. Because he's botched this so badly. He came out the other day and he called the world series trophy, a piece of metal, piece of metal. um, which just incited a lot of players, right? This is what we're working for. 
and you've just cheapened it and said that it's it's meaningless. I mean, Justin Turner of the Dodgers came out and said, by the way, you know, it's called the commissioner's trophy. <laughs> and the commissioner just called it a piece of metal and, and disgraced it. And actually, the disgrace is that commissioner is written on it. Correct. Um, I mean, what do you do? You think the titles should be vacated? I think so. I mean, I, I if if there was that widespread and rampant of of cheating, how can you say that they earned it? You didn't earn it. You know, I mean, I you, I don't know. You the, Darvish said the best thing I had heard. He goes, "If you're in the Olympics and you dope." dope. They, you they you, you don't get to keep your medal. Correct. Because but baseball basically has done with this by giving these guys immunity and letting them keep their rings, their money, their mm-hmm. banners, and all that is like you've kind of okayed it. Right. You've kind of set the precedent with, where with, like well, and, we're and, not going to do anything. And they're yet. also they're 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 being protected because you've got other players that are pissed off about this at their fellow their um what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, they're peers, and there's teams that are talking retribution, and Manfred has already tried to put a stop to that. Which, you you will be suspended if anybody goes out of their way to hit those guys. And and can, I don't. Can you be dumber though, as a player, to no. announce that you're going to do right. that? Yes. Just do it. Yes. Do it in some. Because now you complete, put the target on yes, yourself. Exactly. You should have just come out and and had it. But I mean, I'll be curious to see if teams just don't care. I mean. I'll be really also curious to see if Manfred really jumps on that, and if and the first time somebody gets hit, that guy's suspended. I, I mean, think he's gonna have to. Is, I mean, I think right he's now, gonna have to. Which you haven't suspended any player at all no. in this whole he gave process. Gave him immunity, and now you're gonna suspend the other players for going after them. Yeah. So how would this be interpreted as everybody else that was in on this is wrong? It's a mess. They are basically walking away. Yeah. No problem. I mean, I mean, they've created... Can't hit me. They've <laughs> created a huge, huge yes, mess out of this. Sure. And, you know, people said that he was scared to go up against the union. But really, it's like there are so many pissed off players around yes. the league yep. that if he went after these guys, I don't know that the union could back, Prote- could right. back them. Because it's such because a small portion. why am I going to back 30 guys nope. and piss off 400? Correct. That doesn't make any sense. No. One of the one of the funnier tweets that I that I did see from some baseball person about getting back at at, at really getting back at the organization um, of the Astros is okay. You have eighty one home games. Everybody go into Houston and forfeit one game. Rob them of their revenue so that people just don't show up and don't spend money. <laughs> and and really where it, where it hit them where it hurts in the books. Yeah. Nobody's gonna give no, up. No, nobody's gonna give up. Because then the next thing you know, they're in the playoffs again. Right. Yeah. No, nobody's gonna give that up. But but at the same time, if you hurt them in the pocketbooks, maybe that's maybe that's more of a, a penalty than could ever be imposed. Well, I heard one of DP's guys say today. Uh, could you imagine if they won the World Series this year and Rob oh Manford had to hand God. them that trophy, or even if the Dodgers won it and he had to hand the Dodgers the World Series trophy, the piece of metal? Right. Get Turner up there. There you go. Man, but uh, to me, I think this is worse than steroids. Okay. And uh, the reason I say that is because it was organizational. Yes. As opposed to individual. Right. It it, it was planned. There, I, there yeah. was a system. I've heard people, and Cowherd was talking about it, that, that you know, steroids was a 15-year thing and yada, 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 and it was worse and records were tainted and all that. That's fine, but... An organization systematically set out to cheat during games. It wasn't like, I mean, we all think that Sammy Sosa took steroids, but the Cubs weren't giving him the steroids. Correct. The Cubs weren't actively encouraging Sosa and Mark Grace and Mickey Morandini to do this shit. Good pull. They're not doing that. These are individual players making those decisions, and they have the opportunity to be caught if they fail a drug test. This is a two-year-old story that just came out because he gave players immunity, or else this wouldn't even be out there. We wouldn't even know about this, well, which is the crazy thing. And I think just because it was at a whole lot of levels in an organization where manipulation was set up, yeah. talked about, decided, plan of attack, 
you know, you've got things in place that you're going to execute to try and get ahead. I mean, this isn't just some, hey, go out with some binoculars and, you know, with a hoodie and just see what you can see. I mean, this was this was calculated. Listen, I heard Mike Trout and Chris Bryant both say today, if you tell me what's coming, I don't need steroids. Right. I can hit it far, just as far. If you, if I know a fastball is coming, I will hit it farther than if I don't know a fastball is coming and I have steroids because I might pop it up. I might swing and miss if I got steroids. Just because I'm a monster doesn't mean I'm going to hit it. Right. But if you tell me what's coming, oh, I'm hitting it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Brewers got the Rangers this Saturday. I've gotten a text from a couple of people that says they're going to like Brock Holt. Okay. Not for his numbers, but just because he's a good guy to have on the team and a clubhouse guy. Well, then I hope him and Suter enjoyed acting in, like, Velociraptors in the dugout together. Right. I mean, okay. But, I mean, this is the year that I – whatever. If you need some of these guys to pull us through this, fine. I'm fine with that because apparently <laughs> they lost money last year, which – I'm not believing unless you show me the books, well, and that's not going to happen. I think, like with any business, there's creative ways to make those numbers say what you want them to say. Um, you know, they had about $65 million in ticket revenue. They had $130 million payroll. Um, yes, they have the smallest uh, television contract in the league, um, but there you, you didn't lose $80 million. You know, you didn't pay out 130 and bring in 65. Right. That's not what happened. So it's, you know, did they lose a little bit of money? Probably a little bit because it was the highest payroll they've ever had. I get that. Um, I don't know. It's just a, a weird thing for Atanasio to come out and say, um, which tells me that, and I know he was asked, but these guys, you know, he's a millionaire. He doesn't have to answer a reporter's question no. if he doesn't want to. He owns a damn team. Um, it's just an odd thing to say, like, but what? it kind of tells me that maybe they're feeling a little heat from their perceived lack of, um, willingness to spend, spend money, money this, this yeah. off season. Um, I mean, look, it, the Brewers are going to try to sell you this, this, uh, Garcia is an all, was an all-star in the American league. Um, Braun at first is going to be an upgrade, um, you know, we're going to platoon at third, but they're going to be fine. Urias is going to be a future all-star. Keston here is going to hit 35 homers. We got a healthy Yelich, yada, yada, yada. This Narvez guy, he's as good a hitter as Grandall. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. That's where I'm at. Um, you know, Urias is already hurt. He's yes. going to probably be out till May. Mm -hmm. And he's got a, an injury that basically wrecked Ricky Weeks' career. So I'm a little skeptical there. Um, you know, this... This menagerie of scotch tape and, you know, <laughs> reclamation projects that they're trying to add with, you know, Sogard and Jerko and Ryan Healy and, and some of these guys. Eh, okay. I mean, Atanasio came out and said today they didn't even want Moustakis. He said the only guy they lost out on that they wanted was Grandall. Okay. Why would you say that? That's a weird thing to say. You'd rather have Sogard and Jerko than Moose? Or you just didn't want to pay the money for Well, him. that's, of course. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, just kind of a weird thing to say. Um, one thing he did say that was interesting, he said in their last 15 years, which I believe is how long he's owned the team, they're top five in the National League in wins. That's nice. Okay. That's nice. Um, you know, that, that got them four playoff appearances, which is great. Um, Division but title. But I think now... And it's kind of like we talked about with the Badgers in their football program. The old shit is over. Don't 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 tell me, well, we should be happy now that we're making the playoffs because remember when? I don't care. You've set the bar. You have you have arguably the best player in the sport on your team in Yelich. The time to win is right now. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this but they lost money. Hopefully, well, <laughs> hopefully this money savings that they're doing now and, and that they did in the winter. Hopefully that as we get into the season, you're willing to make some moves and 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 spend a little bit of that money. Um, we'll see. The rule changes are going to prohibit some of that with the the non waiver claim after the trade deadline. Um, that's a new rule this year. 
You have a, instead of a 25 man roster, it's now a 26 man roster, 13 pitchers, 13 position players. Um, you, there are no waiver claims after the trade deadline anymore. And you're going to have that three batter rule for relief pitchers, which is going to put, it's going to be interesting to see how they, they treat guys like a Claudio, right? Who's a lefty who you bring him in to face Matt Carpenter and he walks him. Mm-hmm. Now he's got to face Molina now he's be on and now hook. he's got to face Goldschmidt, right? You can't take him out. Nope. He's got to face three guys or he, or you can, or end, end the, the inning. inning. So hopefully you get one out, double play something and you can escape without having to face right. the full allotment. So the lefty specialist is going to be an interesting spot here going forward in baseball. Um, guys are going to have to get pretty creative in how they do that. But um, all in all with the Brewers, you know, I'm, I'm sitting back. I'm not really buying anything I'm seeing or, (laughs) or reading right now. It's, uh, there's a lot of guys that got to prove it to me. Um, You know, that guy on the, this Narvez guy they got, that's a catcher. He had great numbers. He was on a garbage team. I don't care. Right. I mean, Jeremy Pernitz put up great numbers, numbers for the Brewers for were, years. they were garbage. BFD. Yep. That's right. You know? I mean, great. But what did that get you? A bunch of 75-win seasons. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm taking it one day at a time, like the players say. And uh, I am ready for a little baseball this weekend. Though. Yeah. I, I think they're on TV Saturday. Oh, wow. I think. You, you well, for, for me. For you. Yeah. I have real. I have real. Stop cable. it! I don't Get out of here! Shit, you got. Well, it's that's <laughs> going to be disappearing sometime soon. So that's at least good. That's good. Yes. You got to be able to. I, you got to be able to watch to. these I, games. I, I really want to. I I I missed the back half of the season. You can't last complain year. Was, if you don't see it. Right. Which I I like complaining, so I <laughs> so I need to watch. We that's, all do. That's true. That's why we have this damn show. <laughs> that speaking of, that is the intentional foul for. Uh, this week, yeah, we kind of we were a little choppy. Yeah, we jumped you, around a little bit. You, but. you carried us. Whatever. I appreciate that. My mind is, I gotta go get the girls to swim lessons. So, uh. um, the exciting life of a parent, you can saddle up and watch the Badgers and Marquette tonight. I probably and, will, and, and let me know how I that goes. Will. Appreciate you listening, downloading, subscribing. Uh, as always, tell your friends if you have some feedback. Thanks to Matt for yeah. giving us an idea. We didn't give you much. But we didn't have much. No, we'll we'll, so, we'll put it in the we'll put it in the stew though. Yeah. We'll let it marinate for a couple weeks. We and got, see if we uh, can get anything done. High school playoffs starting next week already. Maybe we'll talk a little girls hoops approaching. Um, we'll see how that goes, and then the boys seating meeting. So there's, uh, and then we get a couple of months off until baseball season. So things are moving right along. Yeah. Baseball is back this weekend. All right, crazy. Yes, crazy. Well, the good thing is the sun was out today. Yes, it melted it a bunch of snow. Brewers play this weekend. We're less than a month away from the NCAA tournament, and I'm going to Vegas, Vegas for it. Spring's coming. I'm Josh. I'm Dan. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Go Bucks.